named our podcast the World Class Agency Podcast, not because we thought we were world class, but because we try and get closer to it every conversation that we have. What does World Class Estate Agency look like to you? World Class Estate Agency is all about people. The good estate agents add, adds an incredible amount of value to the consumer. He's, he's looking after the customer properly, so being approachable, being accessible. And for me, every day's a learning day. What does being a world-class agent mean to you? Hello and welcome to today's anniversary special of the World Class Agency podcast. My name is Mark Wall from Love to Move. I'm joined as ever by Sam Hunter from Home Search. Sam, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Good morning. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, feel nice and rejuvenated from a week away with the family. Very nice. It's surprising that you said you're rejuvenated after a week away with your family, but... <laughs> You've met my kids. You guys look like you had a good time. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. It was uh, yeah, absolutely uh, brilliant. Hopefully, everyone else that is staycationing this summer will enjoy it as much as, as we did, because, yeah, really sort of op- opened our eyes a little bit, and um, we had a fantastic time, yeah. So, so yeah, back to work yesterday, so... Back to work today with a bang. I can't believe this. I'm calling this the anniversary. I think it was. I think we recorded our first one on the 3rd of August last year. There you go. Happy day. So, we stuck so, it out. Who would have thought? I know, yeah. That year's gone pretty fast. A lot's happened in that year, hasn't it? A lot has happened in the last year. Absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't even know where to start. I'm just quite... I, I, I um. So I was looking at this a couple of weeks ago and I said, like, I think we've nearly been doing this a year. and the heartening thing for me was just that we stuck at it because we sort of said we do this genuinely like that intro and that outro that we do every week where we talk about actually doing this because we enjoy it is is the reality of it you know and the fact that we get up every week we try and figure out who are the best people that we can go and speak to every week that we can ask questions of i think we've got probably better at um i don't know if i'd call us interviewers but I think we've got better at asking questions and listening to people and learning from them, um, which I think is, that's one of the massive skills in what we all do, you know, is, is learning to be a really good listener and asking questions. And this has been a, um, an exercise in getting better at that, I think, for us both. Um, and that's, that's probably the one thing that I've taken away from that. And there's loads of other things like this. I think I'm probably a better leader I, I think I'd be a better estate agent if I was one like in the typical sense these days from everything that we've learned from the people that we've had on this show, you know? So think for, well, I'm, I'm grateful to you and to all our guests for putting up with me for a year. Um, long may it continue. Here's to another year and getting better again. Absolutely. I think that's, that's the biggest thing I think for, for me over the last year, when we started out doing this, I said to you, do you want to do a podcast? And it was all about sort of learning and getting better and helping our industry. As, as we say, we don't say that, you know, just for effect. That is genuinely why we started this. But a year in, I've taken so many of the learnings. And like you, I'm very grateful for every guest that gives us 30, 40 minutes of the time on a, on a Tuesday morning. I'm very grateful to them because I've taken so many of those learnings and implemented into both businesses, both the traditional agency and the online agency that I'm involved in. I've taken those learnings, put them into effect, probably none more so than over the last four or five months. And they've had a, a, you know, a fantastic 
affect the results from them um, are starting to come through. So it's been a massive learning curve for me as you talk about listening and I think we probably have got better. I hope we've got better. Probably should have listened to the first episode's research for this little chat, but as ever, we're not quite that organised, but this is a bit of fun for us. Um, and the main thing I think why this is, you know, been been good for us both is the consistency with it and that's probably you know one word that I've taken over the last year and you know sort of really realized just how important it is that's, that's the secret to life you know right yeah. there it's just whatever you focus on whatever you're consistent in grows you know you want to get bigger muscles you go to the gym consistently you get bigger muscles you want to get a bit of business you work on your business consistently you know you want more instructions you do more of the right kind of marketing and we'll talk about that sort of stuff with our guest later today but you do all that consistency that's um it's like what what james white was saying last week it's 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 not a very complicated profession no it's not what we do you know it is inherently simple um the interesting thing is like the simple things there was a i don't know if anyone who listens to this gets the james clear emails on a thursday um, shout out to Brian Wolfenden if he's listening because I know he fanboys over James Clear as much as I do. And he had a one of his three ideas last week was that people uh, underestimate the simplest ideas and they're actually all that it takes to achieve like relative greatness. To be in the top 2%, you just have to do 10 simple things. And he was just like, people underestimate doing 10 push-ups every day. Uh, thinks that nothing's going to happen, but I promise you, if you do ten pushups every day for a year, things are going to change. You know, so don't underestimate those simple ideas. You know, I, I am a broken record when I talk about talking to twenty people every day, and your life takes care of itself. Maybe a better way of saying that is talk to twenty people every day, and your life will change. Yeah, you know, because um, I know um, if I didn't do that, my life would change. <laughs> <laughs> and on on that point, I, we you've talked about is it James Clear? Did you say we send me the link because you've talked about that guy before, and I was I made a note and I was like I need to subscribe, but send me one of the emails so I, so I can subscribe. Um, do. But I complete I completely agree. You know, sometimes the, the simple ideas done consistently can have the most effect. You know, how many times has someone said, oh, "I wish I'd had that idea." It's not necessarily having the idea, it's acting on the idea and, and acting consistently. Yeah. And probably none more so than today's guests, if we talk about consistency, um, certainly in relation to video, I'm sure he's going to um, talk about how important consistency is um, with that, but he's been doing that for, for many, many years. Shall we go on and introduce him, Sam? I'm excited for this one. Let's do Me it. Too. Today's guest needs no introduction, but he's going to get one anyway. He is a stalwart of our profession, having started his career in 1993 and worked his way up the corporate ladder before he turned his focus to helping agents produce more sustainable, predictable results through powerful written and video-based marketing. He has produced countless, I did used to know the hours, but I can't remember the number anymore, of free videos. And if you're willing to take action, they give you everything that you need to know about becoming an attraction agent in today's market. Some say that if you say his name three times into a mirror, he will appear saying, talk to me. Some say he invented video, and some say his name is even spelt with an S at the end. It's Chris Watkin versus the World Class Agency podcast. Chris, welcome to the show. Morning, boys. Morning, boys. How are we doing? <laughs> Good morning. Very well. That was some intro. I put, I put some effort into that. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm having that one. I'm going to put it on my YouTube channel. You're I very welcome it. to it. <laughs> How many how many hours of a video then, Chris? You must know. 
Um, all I know is that I've, pub I've created 1,300 videos in, in all. It was uh, 900 hours was what I saw on a Guild Facebook group, but then there was more than that. So I didn't want to include just more than 900 hours or something like that. It's a lot. It, it's amazing. Um, and, and it's also humbling that people want to watch it. Mm. Um, it's absolutely fascinating that, um, have you noticed whenever I post a video, I never publish a YouTube link. I only publish, I natively upload it. Yet still, um, you know, thousands and thousands of people watch the YouTube channel. And interestingly, I earn about 90 to 100 pounds a month out of those, that YouTube channel, which I give all to my favorite charity. Happy days, well done. Yeah, good for you, absolutely. So what made you start with the video, Chris? And we talked on our little intro about consistency. I think 1,300 videos shows that consistency. What made you start? How's it changed your business and how important has that consistency been with it? So six and a half years ago, I left Belvoir. Um, I was their national sales manager, head of recruitment, selling the franchises. Um, and I wanted to set up a business by being a ghostwriter because that's how I earn my money. I ghostwrite articles about local towns, property markets because local people are interested in the local property market. Um, for, for three years, I was just, I was just posting written, the written word constantly, just writing articles about making, a, how, making how agents thought, their mindset, how to attract landlords, how to attract vendors. Um, and it was interesting that it, um, it got to um, the autumn of 2016. And um, I pride myself in being open and honest. And I, I, I did actually do something I wasn't particularly proud of with some of, you know, with some of my clients. And um, it, it put me in a position where I'm, I was, what was I trying to say? Um, I, I betrayed their trust, a few of them. Um, nothing nasty, but, but still I betrayed their trust. And it really put me in a really bad position. And it was, it was the 23rd of December, 2016. So what I did is I picked the phone up to, to the agents who I betrayed their trust to. Not, nothing into the world, but still at the end of the day, I pride myself in being whiter than white in terms of, of, of be doing the right thing. All of them, interestingly, thank, didn't realize I betrayed their trust, but thanked me for, you know, for actually being honest and, and they accepted my apology. Um, and interestingly, this is interesting that um, bar one of them, all of them are still with me, so, um, which, is, which is very nice and very humbling. But it really just put a firework up my backside and it made me realize that, um, that I, I was potentially going down a path with my career, which was, um, which was quite toxic. And I was able to nip it in the bud, but I thought to myself, fucking hell, what, excuse my French, I hope that was not... Um, Encouraged. Okay. Fine on the show. Okay. It, it made me think, well, I was, oh shit, you know, you were doing so well for the last three years, you know, between leaving, leaving Belvoir uh, back into 2013, and 14 and 15 and 16 were going really well. And for some reason, I went down to my shed, uh, my favourite, you know, where you've seen the videos. And my business coach had been saying for the last twelve or eighteen months, "You really must do video." And I was, I was, I was saying, "Oh, I haven't got time." Um, 
Um, I was coming up with all the excuses that everyone comes up with video, which is, I haven't got time, uh, I don't know what to say, but real in reality, I know what I was saying is, is that I was worried what people would think about me. I was mm. fearful of judgment of others. I didn't want people to laugh at me. I didn't want to look stupid. That's why people fear video, because they fear the judgment of others. Um, and they and they don't want to look silly. It's a, it's a human trait. But the shit had hit the fan, and it was the 23rd of December, and I just went down. I didn't know what the fucking hell to do. So for some strange reason, I put my my red hat on and I did four videos and I published them all back to back, you know, within a few hours. I don't know why I did it. It was kind of a cathartic moment. I just needed to do it. It was my truth. It was, it was, um, it was just me, you know, my, I mean, uh, David Mintz from, from, you know, from the Kerfuffle uh, podcast say that my, my, my technique is I, in my pod, podcast, in my posts and videos is, is that, Hey, state agent, you're a little bit shit. You should be doing it this way. That that's kind of that's what I've been told. My style is, and which, to be honest with you, is my truth. It is there's plenty of people out there that will fanny around saying, "Oh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine." No, I'm not perfect. I don't I don't profess to know the truth. I don't profess to know the answer. But this is what I think is the answer, and I'm going to tell you what it is. And if you don't like it, well, don't watch my videos. But if you do like it, great and you can't please all the, you know look at simon whale half of the industry think he's a prat and half of the, the industry half of the industry think think he is the messiah um, he's just a very naughty boy he's a very very naughty boy yet at the end of the day if you try and please all the people all the time you'll please no one so that, that so, comes back to what you were saying before about you weren't being yourself you know, because if you try and please people all the time, then you're bending your true self to whatever it is that you believe other people need you to be. And that's a surefire way to being a really unhappy person you know, and not producing any, any work that you're proud of, let alone that actually adds value to anyone else. Yeah, so I did those videos. And then, interestingly, Stephen Brown, you know, um, industry legend, he, he, a man that does deserve that statement, was coming to grab them a couple of weeks later. And I took my mobile phone and we, we just put the phone on and we recorded a chat for 40 minutes and it went down so well that I recorded another interview and then all of a sudden, three years later, I recorded 1,300 interviews. That, well done. So I don't know if that answers. Yeah, absolutely. Was, was that the chat when you fell off the uh, chair, Chris? There you go. You remember, don't you? <laughs> was that your first video? My first interview. That, uh, so I remember that video, watching that, because it was uh, probably just as I had made the decision to quit my job and, and started understanding a little bit more of UK estate agency outside of my London bubble. Um, and I remember watching that video because it, it was my first introduction to you and Stephen Brown. And I thought, good on them for just having a chat and making it worthwhile because there was more value in that half hour than there probably was in any sort of corporate induction session that I'd been involved in. Anyway, uh, that's interesting. I, I thought you'd been doing it for years. So there you go. For everybody who's scared of doing video, the first one that you did, or at least first interview that you did anyway, uh, my impression as a first time watcher was that you'd been doing it for years. You see, people say I'm a good interviewer. I'm, I'm not a good interviewer. I'm just having a chat with someone I like. Do you ever speak to anyone you don't like? Well, the choice, the, the choice 
the choice of who goes on my sofa is, is, is my choice. Um, <laughs> you do get the, I mean, I'm moving more and more towards interviewing estate agents as opposed to property tech suppliers. Mm. Um, if you're a prop tech supplier, you've got to be bloody interesting to, to come on the sofa. I mean, every person that comes on my sofa costs me 300 pounds of my own hard earned cash to hire the studio and edit the videos. So you'd be amazed the amount of estate that prop tech firms are able to say, and again, it's the classic one. They must have a, a cut and paste factory where it basically line one blows smoke up arse, line two, I think it'd be a really good idea to come on the Watkins sofa. <laughs> um, what I really liked, we've got a series of questions. Guilty of it, haven't you? You've both been on the Watkins sofa. No, yeah, Sam, I was, Sam was on the Watkins Zoom. Was, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was, I, the, the reason I was laughing, Chris, was basically that was exactly the email that I sent. <laughs> <laughs> You just, but you just came back and said, "Well, you're not coming on unless you can provide value." So, what value are you gonna are you gonna add? So, hopefully, hopefully, we did that. Yeah. So, I mean, and, it costs me money, but 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 you know, the thing is though that the important thing when it comes to video is is the reason who you're doing it for and why you're doing it. Well, and and you know, when was the last time you saw in my videos how I earn my money? I, I think a lot of people, I've heard you talk about it twice in maybe the last two months, and probably not um, for maybe the previous six or 12 months before that. And I think that's because maybe, I think you said, people have said you need to tell people more about what you do, but very, very rarely do you ever talk about that. And that builds the trust with people that are watching your videos, doesn't it? At the end of the day, no one gives a shit about what you're selling. People only care about themselves. So if you go with the attitude of giving, but this is, <coughs> excuse me, this is the killer bit, is if you give, if you help someone, your brain rewards you with a hit of dopamine, which is the same drug that you get when you uh, have sex, when you eat food, when you gamble, right? The problem is, is that most people then expect something back in return. So you do something and then you say, well, that person did that for me. So I'm going to expect something back in return. And again, what happens is, is that, is that when they don't come good with what you expect them back, A, because they might not know, or B, you can't rely on people. That is a downer. And the problem is, is that the downer is worse than the, the, the hit of dopamine to start with. So you get like a little positive uplift, but then you have a big disappointment down. So what happens is people do this content marketing, the giving, 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 and then say, right then, let's, um, it's all gonna come in. But then it doesn't come in, so they feel disappointed. So, they, so then what happens is, is they beat themselves up because the last thing they remember is the down, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bigger dip than the, than the positive dopamine hit when you do the good stuff. My attitude is, and I've learned this from Gary Vaynerchuk, who is someone I follow, is if you give without expectation of return and don't expect anything back, then you actually are going to win because 
I get a positive hit when I do stuff, good stuff for people. So I've just been on my seven o'clock to eight o'clock, <coughs> sorry, seven to eight o'clock bike. I've had four phone calls, spoken to three of them. I've got one to call back because uh, I was on, the, on with you guys. I, I felt good helping these guys out. There was one guy who was wanting to become an estate agent. One person left the estate agency, wants to come back into the estate agency, wanted some help. I gave my time away. I've got no expectation of anything in return. So I feel really good about myself because my brain has rewarded me with dopamine. I'm not expecting anything back in return. But something really weird happens is that if you give in this world, it tends to come back. So I win again when, I, when in two years' time, that person might come back to me and actually then say, I want to use your services. But if they don't, I won't feel disappointed. But if I do, I get a second hit of dopamine because someone's come back to me. And, and that's, the, that's, the, that's the bit that, that where you win in this world is if you want to go, if you want to be successful, I think Zig Ziglar said, if you want, you can have everything you want in this world if you help enough people get what they want. So if I can help enough estate agents get what they want, it has a really weird way of coming back and, and I get my clients, I get clients for my business. I don't need to sell it. It kind of sells itself. In fact, agents come to me and they have to prove to me whether I should work for them. That's, you've earned the right for that to happen. You know, this is, uh, whether you call it law of attraction or law of reciprocity or, you know, in, in our language, you, you do become that sort of attraction agent. This is what you're actually, what you are living is what you do for your clients and what you teach people to do. You know, if, you, if we talk about landlord and vendor farming, it's giving value consistently over and over and over again so that when people are ready, they come to you. You know, and you feel good because you're giving out the best advice of anyone in the marketplace. There you go. That's it. So, so what you as estate agents need to consider is, is what is of interest and intrigue to homeowners and landlords in your town that is going to make them attracted to you. And this is where most estate agents think that talking about themselves and their firm and what they do and what's of interest to them and what, how input, what they have sold and what they do is interesting. Is it not? Well, how, how many times, Mark, have you been to a party and someone talks about themselves all night? If I'm in the party, Chris, happens all the time. Okay. <laughs> now I'm only joking. Yes, of course. Yeah, there's always that. There's always that person that we can't get a word in address because it's me, me, me. Okay, but isn't talking about ourselves and our firm and what we've sold me, me, me? Yeah, absolutely. Is it so? So a lot of agents do it because they think it's relevant and it's that they think that's it's the social proof, right? That's why they do it. Okay. But, would, yet, but, but if you want the proof, what, why don't you get your vendors? I mean, isn't it interesting that hotels spend millions and millions of pounds on advertising? But we'll take the, but we won't make. We'll make a choice on how much we'll spend on a three grand holiday on the say so of of someone we've never met on TripAdvisor. Absolutely right. You see, the. The human brain is like, like the city of Troy. You need a Trojan horse to get inside it. And, and the way you do that is you, you have a Trojan horse. 
and and the trojan horse has got to be something which is is, is what are they going to do to let you inside their head a human being sees two thousand adverts a day you ignore adverts as a human being yet when you walk through your estate agency door you, you it's almost you take your brain out and say right we're going to tell the world how wonderful we are what we sold and how big our market share is if a solicitor, I mean, if a solicitor said we we do the solicit we do the convincing for thirty two percent of all the people in Epsom, we have a branch of five five net five branches. We've been open since two BC, and we are brilliant, and we've won this award. Is that the sort of thing that someone would actually go wow at the kitchen table? No. But we seem to think that as soon as we're estate agents, that putting stuff like that out. If you want people to see what you do, you know, people, the job of an estate agent, quite simply, is just to be called out as one of the three valuations out on the free valve. Okay? The way you do that is you get inside their head before they need you. And that's, and that's key, isn't it? You've got to get, get there when they don't realise that they need you or they've not made that conscious decision. So in your opinion... How many instructions do you think you're leaving on the table if you're an estate agent in August 2020 and you're not doing video? I, I, I can't answer that because I don't know the number. All, all I know is this. Okay, now actually I can answer that question. There is, there is an estate agent, there is an estate agent in the UK that has two offices. Okay, it's kind of a partnership. One office one office does video, the other office doesn't do video, okay? And they've done video for about three years. Isn't it interesting, the one that doesn't do video has hardly seen an increase in its turnover, but the other one has gone from around 600,000 pounds turnover to about 1.2 million turnover. So, 100%. Yeah, but he didn't get anything for the first year. And that's, and so you talk about, so people talk about not doing video. So we want a couple of tips from you as to get over that initial fear, but is getting over the initial fear less important than getting over that downer that you talked about and changing your mindset so that that doesn't affect you? Because I'm guessing people do it and then give up, most people. Okay, the biggest challenge is, the biggest challenge is people starting. I mean, these, these are the hurdles you're going to do. The biggest challenge is starting. Then once you start, what will happen is after three or four months, you're still not getting any business from it, so you give up. Just like the person who goes down the gym for three months but doesn't see, it, doesn't see the six-pack. Uh, it's just that you've got to keep going for six months or, you know, you kind of said, I've lost some weight. No one notices you've lost any weight until you've lost over a stone. Then, then you get busy because of, there was an agent in my town who started doing the videos, did them for about 18 months, got really successful and grew his market share from 8 or 9% to around 13 or 14%, got really, really busy to the point where he didn't have enough time to do the videos. Well, what happened was is that something had to give, so he stopped doing the videos, but he still continued to grow his business because what you do today you get the business from it in six, 12 months time. So what was happening was, is that even when he stopped, his business was growing because people had already made the decision two or three months ago that we're going to use this person. But what happened was, is that when, because he'd stopped doing them after about three or four months later, he started to drop. 
but so he started doing the videos again, but his market share continued to drop because there's a lead in time. Mm. Then the other hurdle then you're going to get across is if you can get over that hurdle is that it will go, it will go to your head that people will stop you in the street and, and praise you and, and blow smoke up your backside. And I've seen people it go to people's heads, so they get cocky about it. But let's be honest, let's roll the clock back. <coughs> Sorry. It's how do you start? See, the problem is, is that people are judging, looking at agents who've been doing it for two years, who are slick as, a, as an oil slick. And they say, well, I'm not as good as that. Well, of course they're not. So if you go back to their YouTube channel, look at their first video, they were like robots. You know, people like Luke Sinclair and Michelle Gallagher were truly atrocious when they started doing their videos. Ian Story, you know, and, and, and Jonathan Hanford were, were truly atrocious. Um, you know, um, the, the Newmans, Summer Newman and, and, and Matt from Newmans who are, 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 you know, are doing property tours, their first ones, because we taught them as well. Um, we're, we're truly atrocious on the first one. But if I judged you, Mark, on your, on your estate agency capability, purely on your first free val, and, your own, and only judged you on your, how awesome you were as a valuer on your first free val, that wouldn't be a fair comment would it on you? you 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 know how can you judge someone just on their first vow but but people are judging themselves on their first video my advice to you would be this deliberately set out to do a bad video hmm. there is actually an agent um in england who produced 300 videos and didn't publish any of them i helped him get over his fear and now he's he, he is he's creating viral videos in a state agency that people are loving You've just got to get over that fear and hit that publish button. Because I tell you here and now, the worst thing that can happen is no one watches it. I think you uh, perhaps subconsciously just made a very good point there that's worth just raising again so that it's stuck in our listeners' mind, which is you said that not that people will judge you on your first video, but that people judge themselves based on their first video. And that right there is the reason why it's half the reason why people don't pick up the phone and call someone that they might already know as well is because they're judging themselves about how that phone call is going to go. They're not actually thinking about any of the value that they may add. If you even know, let's talk about someone like Ian Story again, like fantastic agent who now makes what I would consider to be the 1% of the property videos that you see out there now. I think he does an amazing job and that's of any videos that I've seen anywhere, any country. He, on his first video, might have been atrocious on video, but he would have had something valuable to say to the people that was listening to it, you know, and that's what helped him get over his fear. No, so no, no, there's, no connect, no, there's no connection on the fact that he's... The magic thing is this. If you create a, a piece of content which is valuable, educational and interesting, which is selfless, not selfish then people have got no comeback on you because you're doing it for the right reason. If you go in there saying, hi, I'm going, I'm a fucking brilliant estate agent. Come and use me. I'm brilliant. It's interesting. You could almost say, well, surely you standing outside a house that you're selling is selfish, isn't it? Couldn't you say, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. You're trying to, you're trying to sell what you're trying to sell. 
but you can actually turn it around and make it selfless. Are you interested? Yeah, absolutely. Crack on. So I've done, a, I've done some video training on this and we call it the one, two, three and a half method. People don't like to be told what to do and people don't like their opinion, you know, being told that they're wrong or, or persuaded or being sold to. So therefore, the, hum, the human brain has two sides, emotion and logic. Okay. And if, you'd ever do, if you're ever doing a video, what I teach people to do is to keep the logic and the emotion completely separate. So when you, you start the intro to start with a couple of sentences, and then you go into the facts, the, the, the logic by saying, this is a property which has a lounge, a dining room, a kitchen, double glazing, gas central heating, garden, conservatory, four bedrooms, ensuite, bathroom, gas central heating, double glazing. Notice I'm not using any emotion, any descriptive words there, like lovely, beautiful, and large, and wonderful, and marvelous. What you then do is you then move on to the emotional side, now, none of us like to be sold to, so what we do is you, you turn it around and say, I love it because, and then you express personal opinion on why you love the house, as opposed to me trying to uh, load my opinions on you. I'm just telling you my opinions. It's a very subtle difference. So instead of saying, you'll love this house because it's got this, this, and this, you're saying, I love it because it's got this, and my missus would love it because of this, and my kids would love it because of this. No one's got any, no one feels like they're being sold to, because all you're doing is expressing personal opinion from the emotional side of your brain. You've got, no one's got comeback. That's why the best way to bollock a person is not to tell them that, that, that they're effing this and effing that, is that you tell them you're disappointed in them. No one's got, no one's got a comeback on that. It's all about... Sam, you know about this because you're into psychology as well, a bit like myself. It's um, so I think by like if you open up to what you actually like with somebody and they like the same things as you, you give yourself an opportunity to relate. Um, and particularly if that person is looking to purchase something and then sell something onwards, they'll be like, oh, they like the same stuff as me. We should talk to them. We're going to get along. We could actually be friends with them, and they'll do a job for us as well. Um, I, I can't remember the, the young guy's name, but there's a, there's a guy who's doing videos at the moment where his first one was him on the phone and a guy was calling him telling him exactly what he was looking for and he was doing the house tour while he was doing it. It's a magnificent was video. And then there was another one that he's just done where he's interviewing, and I, I love this, like there is nothing better. I used to, if, if somebody lived in a house uh, like longer than 10 years, like it was their family home, I used to get an artist friend of mine to draw a picture of the front of the house and I'd give it to them as the completion gift. What I wish that I had done now in hindsight is sat with those people and got them to do as this young chap's done and talk about what life is living there. Cause I wanted to buy the property, you know, and it was, it was an emotive video. You could see that they were moving on for all the right reasons, which is such a powerful selling story. Um, you know, and I think we are human beings. None of us remember, any you no one will be able to none of you will be able to remember what someone said to you a day ago you know what words they use but you remember how they made the, how you made them feel because human beings can't remember stats and numbers but they can remember stories that's why you can remember nursery rhymes that's why you can remember all your best films you talk is stories the power of stories it's we are human beings and we love stories and as long as the story follows the story arc you're on a winner. Isn't it interesting that some of my best performing videos 
are stories of agents who talk about how they've used my services. But instead of saying a test, you know, testimonial video saying, I've used this service. Uh, interestingly, I'm, I'm working with a couple of agents at the moment. We're testing this at the moment where we've actually interviewed homeowners about how they went on the market with the shit agent, how they let them down, and then how the new agent came in and saved the day. A classic story arc of why they bought the house, they went to agent A, they felt comfortable with them, the, the agent let them down, they then expressed how it made them feel, and then the new agent came in, basically said you've got to double your fee and drop your price, which is the two killer things of a state agency that hold people back, and then the agent then was able to, 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 to sort them out and now they're living in their forever home. The video, is, the video is 15 minutes long. You can't put a 15 minute video out, but what you can do is lift out a 30 second one liner from it to say, I was at the end of my tether with my estate agent and I didn't know if I was ever going to get my dream home. You drop that out on social media for 30 seconds with some with some music in the background and at the end to say to watch the story of how this woman in Cambridge uh, is now living in their future home click here you then bounce them over to a YouTube link whilst putting a, a Facebook pixel on on their, on their thing so if they don't even if they don't watch it you can then start chucking out other little 30 second clips so when they eventually they do watch the video Hey, presto, who are they going to listen to? Well, that's the thing. The video is your listing presentation at that point, if you're following it the, the way that you should. And the business is probably one, unless you walk in there and be an arsehole. Um, Chris, I'm conscious of your time. So uh, I don't know whether you do listen to the show or not, but we ask our guests the same question to, to end all of our chats uh, because we think it's like our control question and it provides us with insight every week into everybody's differing opinions and thoughts and processes on what makes a good estate agent so the question we want to ask you to finish up is what does world-class estate agency look like to you what from from, from whose point of view the vendors the, the estate agents or from yours it's a so it's a it's however you perceive that question answer it. What does, what would you deem to be world-class estate agency? Um, an estate agent who's happy in their life, giving extra and who has huge empathy skills. There you go. Simple as that. Yeah. So you put me on the spot, that one. That's all right. That's <laughs> just shows you don't listen to the show. It's all right. We'll convert you yet. When we talk about consistency, this is a, a year of us doing this podcast and uh, our, I think our listenership, is that an audience? Let's say audience has gone about 30% only in the last three months because it is a, uh, a process. You know, you go through things, you get better at things, you learn from, we were talking just before we spoke to you that we, we've taken so much from these chats from talking to people like you and sharing their expertise um and it's it's starting to become clear and clear that more and more agents are as well so i think the, mag I I think the magic thing is is that is that is that you've got to love the process of actually doing the podcast or in my case doing the videos mm. and just love the process of doing it forget what you're going to get from it just love if you love the process you're all, you've already won 
because you love doing what you're doing. You get amazing insight. I've got amazing insight from talking to people on my sofa. You must have amazing insight by interviewing people. And then the other thing on the cake is you actually end up potentially getting more business from it. I mean, if you don't mind me saying, Sam, and I'm going to be quite blunt now, you are a leader of one of the challenger portals. And let's be honest, every man and his dog is being a bloody challenger portal this time. God's sake, even the sudden Bruce's look like they're getting on board with it, don't they? So, okay, go every, I tell you what, you turn around, to, you know, and it, it, did you know the most popular word on property industry I is the word disruptive? Oh God, you know, if I see that word again, I'll shoot someone. Um, no, the point is, is that you build it because people buy from people, Sam, and you've given. So you are at, you know, the re- I'm not joking you. It's not Giles or, or, or anyone like that. The reason the home search has done so well is because of you. So you should be proud of yourself, mate. Thank you. I appreciate those comments. I think that's Thank you for joining us. Yeah, fantastic way to end. I couldn't agree more with, with what Chris said. Um, you've given loads of value, not just now, but with over the 1,300 videos, Chris. So, um, you know, from, from one agent and from all of our listeners, thank you very much. Thank you, boys. Have a pleasure and keep it real. A massive thank you to Chris Watkin again for joining us this week. Um, I always thought it was Chris Watkins, and then I watched Simon Whale. Um, and him, I think it might have been a bit of satire between two penguins. Um, and you then quite rightly pointed out that it is Watkin, not Watkins. So that was my first first learning, Sam. I don't know about you. Well, I knew that it was Watkin because uh, I've met the guy and I see his name pop up on the internet every single day. And it's very clearly W-A-T-K-I-N. So I'm, I've no idea where the Watkins came from. Maybe it's just easier to say Watkins than it is Watkin. But I'm glad that there's, you know, a mild amount of clarity there for the for the poor guy <laughs> and his name. And and thank you to Chris again for your time. It's a good chat. Um, I yeah, think absolutely. it. If you've ever heard Chris talk, not a lot of that stuff I think would have been quite new to you in terms of you've got to get over your fear. You've got to make sure that you're making the most of. It. You've got to actually get out there and do it, even if nobody's going to be watching it. Um, when I one of the, the sort of first notes I scribbled down was something he said right at the start of the chat, which is like, no one cares what you're selling. People only care about themselves. So you've got to make it about them, you know, and obvious reminders like that are important to, to bring up every, every so often, I think, um, just to make sure that, you know, if you're putting out a piece of content or you're doing a ghost written article as Chris does or uh, whatever it is that you're doing, hold up and ask yourself, does this talk, about or to the people that I'm talking about or to, or is it all just about me? You know? Yeah. I think I, I am a massive fan, you know, 1300 videos is an incredible amount, but I've watched loads and loads of those videos. I, I promote those videos to new starters that join our business and, you know, we'll ask them if they've watched it. That's the sort of importance that, that I place on the free training that he offers agents. Um, but a lot of what we talked about today was similar. But for me, he was very honest with the way that he talked about his history, how he got into it, and, you know, just do it. Okay, it was, he said, um, he talked about how he'd betrayed his client's trust, which then made him do it. So maybe there's a motivator there. But what I learned from Chris today, actually, is that, is really into the psychology of it all. So starting is one thing, but if you've got the expectation of media, 
going to be points that you said about what um, who you're speaking to, what you're trying to say, how will it make feel not can sell my stuff, particularly one. No, I, I think since Adam was boy, everyone's been talking about psychology of sale and understanding what it is, but it's it's just behavior. Um, I don't know why. I think my thinking back to like my early days in my career, and it was interesting that to and tangent for a bit that um chris talking for you do is talk about your own success everyone just switches off and they just assume that you're arrogant you don't want to talk about it i actually got pulled uh, like mentor of mine when i'd uh had a very good my first ever very good quarter uh was followed up by a very very average quarter after that <laughs> and the difference was in the shitty quarter all i did was tell people how good my last quarter was you know um, and I started talking about my results rather than my process. And to apply that into what Chris was saying, people are interested in process. People are interested in information because it means something to them. You know, the result doesn't mean anything to them except you. It might mean something to the person that you got it for as well, but it would mean something to them different to you. And I think if all you do is you talk about another one sold by X, you know, sold in 14 days or whatever, the better story, like, uh, Chris was saying like that hero's journey it is like this family had to move in 20 days. You know, they came to me, we sat down, we identified their exact circumstances. We talked about their needs. We made sure that we understood each other. We formulated a plan to get them out of here in 20 days. And we did it in 14, you know, can I ask you the same sort of questions and figure out when we need to do the same thing for you? That's a far better message than just sold in 14 days. That's the story that people can relate to and people can, can remember, I think. Um, and yeah, not, not losing yourself in your success. The moment that you taste it, you know, you've been doing all this incredible, like I've seen how hard you've been working over the last four months, the last thing, and I know you guys won't do it, but the last thing you guys will want to do is turn around and start telling people and chest beating how good you are because you're now starting to see all those results. You want to just keep doing what you've been doing for the last four months, but it's a really difficult thing to remember when you're in the moment because you just want to share that success. Because that's, that's human psychology as well, right? Good result. I want to talk about it rather than talk about what got you the good result. Keep doing that normal stuff. I might just amend a presentation I was going to do tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I hope, I, I had a bit of interference just at the start of what you were saying there. So hopefully that, that didn't come through because we're recording on, on, on my computer. But you talk, you're talking about how it, you applied it for your business. Chris talked about it as not getting cocky when you... Um, you get those successes and obviously Chris's thing is video um, so he talked about people starting to stop you in the street you've got to remember why you're doing it and, and the reason for you doing it it's not you know for your ego I think um, I also took from what he said I thought this was, really, this was an unusual but perhaps an idea for people that have been putting off um, doing the videos do a, do a deliberate poor one, hit yeah. publish. And then, you know, as Chris says, what's the worst that can happen? Realistically, no one watches it. You know, worse, worse, someone trolls you. But if you're anything like me, the only people that are going to troll you will be your mates anyway, you know, wind, on, a, on a wind up. So people judge themselves much more than anyone else is going to judge them. You'd be surprised about how many people actually respond. When you share something that's quite, it means something to you, you know, good video bad video 
uh, photo, write some text down, whatever it is. Certainly for me, my natural response is like, you know, are my mates who, you know, are potentially on different paths to me in professional life, but we get along in person. Are they going to be the ones that judge me? And actually, I think I don't really care because I'm putting, I've become very comfortable with, I actually put stuff out on the internet for me. You know, if I ever do a video, it's because I want to challenge myself to be able to understand what I've learned to a point where I'm able to communicate it effectively. And I think if you think about that from an agency perspective, if you learn something about your marketplace, it doesn't do your market any good. It doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do your clients any good, your family, anything. If it just stays stuck in your head, you know, but if you understand it well enough that you can communicate that out and you can add a little bit of value, then it actually starts doing wonders for everybody. And the benefit back to you, as Chris says, is you probably get some business on it too, um, which I think is an important thing to remember. One, so there was one point that I, I wasn't quite sure. I wrote it down as like, did I agree with this? Did I not? I wasn't sure. So I wanted to ask your opinion on it as well. So he said like, you've got to think of, uh, he said something like, humans are funny people. They're like emotion. If you try and sell them something, they put the walls up. You've got to think of like your video, your marketing is the Trojan horse and you to get inside their heads, you know, and then you can sort of spring bloody murder on them as they sort of did. <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking about the Odyssey or anything like that. Um, I don't know whether Trojan horse is the analogy that I would, I, I, I understand that you've got to do something that gets inside their head and I appreciate that, but I'm not sure I'd, necessarily agree with Trojan horse um, as the analogy, just because of the connotations that come along with the story like yeah. that. But I, I wanted to see whether I was on any sort of the same, like if you thought similar or if you were like, Oh, that no, makes sense to me. So I thought I'd ask you the question. So I really like that analogy. I wrote it down um, and was going to talk about it next actually. Um, and I, I get what you're saying about the connotations of what happens when you're in there, but I, I didn't actually think about that. I wrote it down and it made a lot of sense to me. Do you want to get inside their, their head and, you know, you don't want to read bloody murder, as you said, but what you actually do want to do is you want to be inside their brain before anyone else is. And as a result, demonstrate your value to charge a higher fee. Um, so I, I quite like that. Um, although that's probably an inward within your company and within your industry and definitely not an outward term that you would that you would use but i th- i think it really accurately describes you know the power of video and the potent the potential um, as long as you apply a number of the things that chris talked about so giving value that word came up again consistently you know not giving up that leading time of six to twelve months we've now been doing this for 12 months, our, our readership, I nearly said then our listenership has gone up um, quite a lot recently, but it is about doing it um, consistently. So yeah, I liked it. I liked the, the, um, the Trojan horse because I think, I don't know what other analogy you could use to sort of get the same message across because it's, okay. it's getting in without anybody knowing that you're doing it for that reason. And so I guess... To, got, just so to to potentially think of another way of describing like chris chris runs a facebook group called like landlord and vendor farming you know yeah. it, it's it's planting the seed you know um if you were to try and uh like put the well-grown 
flower or tree or whatever you want to call it in someone's head. It's not going to fit, but you can plant a seed in there and then you can make it grow and watch it grow from the inside out. That to me, uh, again, it's semantics and we talk about language all the time, but I just think it's, it's a, it was a strange one for me. I, I figure out a better way of saying it, but I understand the principle behind it. You do need to find a way to resonate with people in your marketing. And, you know? and maybe, maybe that analogy works because it explains how powerful it can be. So, so you get in and it's then it's then really um powerful very into his, like yourself i think very into his psychology um chris's answer um to world-class agents he clearly doesn't listen to the podcast by the way hopefully he's listening to this episode and we've then got an, a new listener what do you reckon well, disappointing i thought he might have <laughs> and then uh yeah you spring that on somebody it's a pretty clear opportunity that they're not not one of your biggest fans so that's okay we'll get you around there yet chris <laughs> um, but an agent who's happy in their life who shows great empathy you know that mm. word um, that, that comes up and I actually started when we were off before we were um, recording and said how much I love my job genuinely have a smile on my face every time I, I come to work so um, I've ticked the first part I don't know if I've got great empathy maybe not yet but we're uh, working um, to get there but a very simple answer but I think very effective Definitely. I, for me, empathy is uh, a skill that can be learnt and probably the most important one that you can. Like to go back to psychology, uh, my sister's a clinical psychologist. And so wow. when I started my career in real estate and I'd uh, just left my first, so I'd stopped being his PA and I sort of spread my wings and went out on my own. And I used to pick her brains about how one thing I'd learnt during that time when all I was really doing was talking to buyers was that everyone's stressed. Mm. And, and everyone's feeling pressure. And I think that's why uh, maybe the last sort of six weeks, notwithstanding, have a, a relative uh, like calm over me over the last few months. And we've been able to work really quite effectively through this period is because I learned from Kirsty, like what, how do you operate firstly, because sales is a pretty up and down job. Yeah. Um, it, particularly if you don't have the processes that Chris is talking about in place at the start of your career, or you're not willing to be consistent. It is yo-yo. You're reliant on the market rather than making your own. Um, but more so, how, how do you deal with and how do you work with and how do you build trust with uh, people who are under high levels of stress themselves? And it's not professional stress. Whenever somebody's moving a house, it might still be professional, but usually it's an emotional load. You know, they're, going to spend or they're looking to sell something and hopefully making quite a considerable amount of money like the sort of money that not many people fathom all that often you know when you sign your title deed you don't necessarily think about how much money you owe every day but when you're signing when like that's when you're paying your mortgage but when you finally like sign that first mortgage offer everybody has a pit in their stomach and everybody yeah. feels anxious and when you're signing that contract to like well in australia you sign a contract to make an offer so i used to sit down with people and i, I used to be like Guess we're sick because like my sister's like when people are under really heavy emotional stress, you just feel sick all the time. Like genuinely all the time. You feel like you could dry reach like, like and so I was yeah. like, do you guys feel a bit crook? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, don't worry. Everyone does. And that yeah. moment shoulders drop. There's that's empathy, you know? Yeah. And that's the most important. You're sitting there talking to somebody. And I always used to ask to be the last agent in and I'd sit down and I'd sit opposite someone at their dining room table. And I'd be like, you guys are probably sick of us all asking the same questions. Right. <laughs> And they'd all be like, yeah. And I was like, why don't we just have a chat? You know, like yeah. talk me, talk me through your experience so far. Like 
what's been the best conversation you've had with a real estate agent? Because everybody goes out and views houses or talks to someone before they have someone around, you know, might be mildly different here because you can't just rock up to an open home in this country. Um, or you can't do that in Australia with the restrictions at the moment anyway, but that's empathy again, you know, recognizing the common situations that you continually find yourself in and communicating that empathy is uh, useless if you don't communicate it, if you don't act on it, you know, if you're like, I know exactly what that person's going through and you just remain silent, then you were just a dickhead. I always, the way I always, I always talk to them and hopefully show a little bit of empathy is by explaining that the process in this country is not straightforward. You probably are going to have highly stressful moments, but we do this for a living, you know, let us help you through that process and lean on our experience of dealing with people because like you say we know we know the moments when people are feeling sick or when people are really on edge or as you get in the day before exchange and you're wavering a little bit so i always try and lean on the fact that the process in this country is not ideal far from it in my opinion Mm. um you you could improve on that sorry to to like do what i always do am i sorry (laughs) maybe i'm not i don't know (laughs) no no comment imagine what you've just done there is is you've taken your knowledge of the process for granted that it isn't straightforward and that they are going to feel stress what you could do is like just say to them do you have any like do you understand real estate process or what's your understanding of how this process works because then what you do is you give them an opportunity to tell you where it is because if they understand that it is like if they have a really detailed understanding of it and you're like it's not straightforward and you're speaking to some like asshole solicitor who's conveyed three and a half thousand houses over the last 20 years. He just doesn't told you what it is. He's just like, well, I think it's pretty fucking straightforward, Mark, you know, whereas if you ask that question, you're empathizing with wherever they are, and then you can raise your level of empathy to wherever you need it to be. Or you can say, Oh, so you're aware that it's not always as straightforward as it should be. If they say they do understand it. And like, yeah. And so we can do everything we can to get everything set up to make sure that it does be that sort of straight line. Um, Rather than just going in and saying, what is a good message but if it's always the same message for everybody, even if it is a good message, it's not all that empathetic. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really important. I think that's really important that you change your pitch. If you pitch, if, if you like the term pitch, for example, it changes depending on the person that you're speaking to. We've just been doing some role play, which we're not calling role play, we're calling practice mm. um, in the office before we jumped on this back on, back on this call because we're now recording in the afternoon after we recorded this morning. Um, and that practice i suppose the bit that i'm uncomfortable with is it change it does change every time depending on the person that you're you're talking to so a couple of questions that i always open with is you know have you sold a home before have you got any questions about the process Mm. um and then that what i said about um the actual you know the process isn't perfect i actually use that often when we're in the middle of a sales chasing process and things are going wrong um because that's you know this you're not in a unique position at the moment unfortunately because it's of the way it is um but i know we're gonna we're gonna have to wrap it up um and we can probably leave it on um i don't know if you said this or chris said this actually um but just love the process and don't expect anything back that's it you fall fall in love with the process and you've already won i think is what chris said so yeah before we go, one thing we did was when we stopped recording, we had an idea about, or we had a quick chat with Chris just to wrap up about um, how pretty much everything that we would deem as world-class is very simple. Um, and it jogged my memory about 
James Clear and an email that, that you, he sends out uh, every Thursday. If you don't know who James Clear is, he's an author who wrote a book called Atomic Habits. He's had a really incredible blog for about five years um, and he literally sends the best email that anyone can read. Um, I signed and, up. Have you? Nice. Yeah. And there you go. You have action something on this morning. Nice work. Yeah. <laughs> um, and in last Thursday's email, if Ryan Wolferton listens to this, he'll fanboy hard on this. Uh, he, in, in, in his three ideas from him, he, he put a quote in there from Charlie Munger, uh, like quite a renowned investor. And he said, take a simple idea and take it seriously. And he said, doing a few sets of push-ups each day is a simple idea. Take it seriously. Saving at least 10% of your income is a simple idea. Sending thank you notes is a simple idea. You should take it seriously. And he said, but most people don't take these simple ideas seriously. They just yeah. might do them once or every now and again. Now, how we wrapped it up in our off-air chat with Chris was that video. Everyone's got, and you can't see what I'm doing, but I'm waving my iPhone frantically in the air. Everyone's got a video camera, a HD, 1080p, like pretty decent sound if you've got any sort of headphones, video camera with access to every single human being on the face of the earth sitting in their pocket at all times. Yeah. It is an incredibly simple idea and one that you need to take seriously and on that note i think we should wrap it up as you know we do this because we love our industry we want to see it get better and improve please please like it out share it out and um, comment wish us happy birthday um i'm mark warrell he's sam hunter thank you very much for listening we will see you next week <laughs>